Romans chapter number four this morning. Amen. I want you to get there, get your Bibles ready uh, this morning. Amen. I'm going to kick us off this morning. There's a, uh, a man by the name. Which one? Don't take mine. I'm just kidding. Where's, your, where's hers at? Here it is. She sent, she sent you on a mission but didn't give you detailed instructions, I'm pretty sure. Amen. Don't worry, I get those too. Amen. Go grab a water bottle. Well, I did. Uh, uh, all right. Amen. A man by the name of John McKay. Some of y'all may recognize his name. He played in the NFL. He tells a story about a duck hunting trip with the legendary Bear Bryant, uh, the coach of the University of Alabama. McKay says this. He says, we were out shooting ducks one day, and finally, after about three hours, here comes one lonely duck. The bear fires, and that duck kept on flying, and it is still flying to this day. But bear watched the duck flap away. He turned around, he looked at me, and he said, John, you are witnessing a genuine miracle today, because there flies a dead duck. You see, Coach Bear Bryant was confident in himself. Amen. And he wanted everybody else to be confident in him as well. I mean, he felt like every time he fired that gun, it hit the target that he wanted it to hit. Amen. He was fully persuaded that he was able to kill that duck. Amen. And we today can be fully persuaded, not in our own abilities, not in our own talents, not in our own uh, doing, but in the promise-keeping power of Almighty God. Amen. This morning. If God promises something, it will come to pass. It's God's job to be faithful to His promises. It's our job to be faithful to God this morning. We can be fully persuaded that if God promises something, He will also perform it. Amen. So I want us to go to Romans chapter number 4 this morning. We're going to pick up reading in verse number 19, and we're going to read down through verse number 21. Amen. I don't make a lot of promises, but I, I will tell you, this may be one of the shorter messages I've ever preached, unless the Holy Ghost gets a hold to us and we go a different direction. But I've got some time at the end of this to reflect on some of the promises of God. And I can pretty much guarantee you that every single person in the house of God this morning can take hold of one of those promises that we're going to talk about this morning at the end of this sermon. And there's some people I'm, I'm sure in here today that would say, Brother Tony, I need to take hold of some of those promises today today. And so we're going to do that, amen, this morning. And uh, if you have a need in your life, amen, we're going to hold on to and take hold of some of these promises, stand upon them this morning, and watch God move in our lives. Romans chapter number 4, beginning at verse number 19. This is speaking of Abraham. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also 
to perform. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, this morning for the reading of your word. God, I believe your word this morning has already gone out and begin uh, to accomplish what you're going to send it out to do this morning. God, I believe, God, today we're going to stand on your promises, Lord, and we're going to take hold of some of those this morning, God, and we're going to see you begin to show up and work in our lives like a way, in a way, God, that we've never seen it before. We ask it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout glory. glory. Hallelujah. Amen. First of all, I mean, I want to, I mean, I want to lay this out for us this morning. I got three points uh, today. Abraham was able to be fully persuaded because of three things: he considered not, he staggered not, and he doubted not. Amen. He considered not, he staggered not, and he doubted not. So let's look at the first one. Abraham considered not. Amen. First point this morning: Abraham did not consider whether the problem was too big for God. Look back at verse number 19. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. See, Abraham didn't consider, I mean, when God gave him the promise that he's going to have a son in his old age. He said, you remember the story, I mean, they had Ishmael, and they did it in a way that God had not ordained them to do it, amen, but he said, God said no, he said the, the, the son of the, of the slave woman, the son of Hagar is not going to be the son of promise, I am going to give you a son in your old age through your wife Sarah, and it's going to be in him that the blessing is going to come, it's going to be through him, amen, that the descendants that I've promised you, amen, are going Going to come. And so Abraham now is a hundred years old nearly. Amen. Sarah is nearly 90 years old. They have passed the point of childbearing. Amen. They're in the physical realm. Amen. According to man's ideas and opinions, amen, this was a hopeless case. There was no way possible, amen, that these two individuals would be able to have a child, amen, in their old age in this condition. But God said, I, Abraham, I want you to be faithful where I've got you right now. And I want you to begin to stand on the promises that I've already given you in the past. And understand, if I promise something in the past, I'll bring it to pass in the present or in the future. You just hold on to the promise and the answer is on the way amen Abraham was not weak in his faith he was fully persuaded that God was able to fulfill the promise to give them that son I begin to think about amen just this this idea of this being amen fully persuaded considering not the limitations that was placed upon his life. And the, and the story that comes to mind, and you all know it is so uh, familiar to all of us, is the story of David and Goliath. I mean, he was a young man who was not considered to be very much. In fact, when Samuel came to anoint the next king of Israel, Dad didn't even call him in from the fields. He was tending the sheep. I mean, he called all the other sons because they were older, because they were bigger, because maybe they were stronger, maybe they looked the part. But we know the story. Samuel said, these are not it. I mean, there's got to be one more. And it was David. And he anointed him king of Israel. And as he comes, I mean, to the battlefield that day, he come to bring some, I think, some bread and some cheese and some other stuff to his brothers that were fighting in the war. I mean, he hears about this, this giant called Goliath. I mean, and he, he, he hears about what he's been saying, about what he's been doing. He gets a chance to hear him for himself. It's a chance to hear Goliath defy the God of Israel. And David said, oh, hold up just a minute. Something just stirred in me. Because you ain't talking about my God like that. 
But David didn't consider his own limitations. He might have been the youngest. He might have been the weakest. He might not have been, amen, the one that you would put out on the front lines of the battlefield. Uh, he didn't look like very much. Uh, he might not have had all the training and all the things that the other soldiers had. But he had something down inside of his heart that was greater than the armor of Saul, that was greater than the sword of Saul, that was greater, amen, than anything else, uh, amen, that people were trying to bring to the war. He had a God in his life that he knew there was a promise that said, uh, if I stand up for my God, my God, God is going to stand up for me. And he went and grabbed five smooth stones, put one in, loaded it up, cocked it, got it ready. And he went out to the battle. He didn't cower down. Here comes mighty Goliath, this big, tall monstrosity of a man. I mean, with all of this armor and this shield and this spear, I mean, that David himself could not even have carried if he tried. He didn't consider his own limitations. I'm too small. I'm so insignificant. I can't do anything on my own. I mean, I, I, I'll never be able to accomplish anything. I'll, I'll never be like my brothers. I'll never be like a brother so-and-so across the aisle. I'll never be like the pastor down the street. I'll never be like somebody else. Quit trying to compare yourself to somebody else and start realizing that there is a God in heaven that is inside of you this morning. It's greater than anything else. It doesn't matter what you look like and where you've been and what you've been through. What matters is who's on the inside. David took one stone. He said, uh-uh, brother. You come with me, a sword and a spear and all these things, but I'm coming, into you. I'm coming to you in one thing, the name of the Lord. My faith is not in this stone. It's not in this sling. It's not in my ability to sling this sling. It's in my God's ability, amen, to take you down because you are defying his name. He didn't consider his limitations. He just said, here we go. Amen. I don't need three strikes and I'm out. I only need one. Took him out. Picked up the sword. Chopped off his head and that was it. The giant was gone. I'm here to tell you this morning, don't consider, amen, the things that you think are limitations in your life. Don't let somebody else pour into you, poison into your life to tell you, amen, that you are nothing this morning. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit pour into you, amen, His grace and love this morning and tell you, amen, this morning you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. We must consider not, amen, our limitations, what others think about us, amen, and we cannot be weak in our faith, and focus on our circumstances. But we got to be fully persuaded that God is able to overcome our limitations. He's able to overcome our circumstances. And he can still fulfill his promises in us and through us. Can somebody say amen? amen. Number two. Abraham staggered not. He did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. Romans 4 and 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strong in faith giving glory to God he didn't allow his unbelief to rise up in his life I meant to destroy the faith that he had there he gave glory the Bible says he says giving glory to God understand Abraham gave glory to God for the promise of the son Isaac that was to come before the son ever came before the answer was ever given, before the promise was ever delivered to his life. Amen. Abraham was still praising God and glorifying his name because he knew that if God promised it, he was going to deliver it. There was no doubt. He was fully persuaded. There was no doubt in his mind that he knew that his God was going to show up and show out, uh, amen, and give the promise that he knew was there. You remember, too, 
disciples by the name of Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. Here are two men, amen, that are in prison at this point for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They delivered a young woman who was possessed by a devil, uh, a demon of divination in her life, and, and uh, they delivered her from that. Amen. Her masters that were making money from her got mad at them. Amen. They stir an uproar in the city. They have them thrown into prison. Here's Paul and Silas, amen, in prison, amen, in the, in the innermost prison, amen, the darkest, dirtiest, nastiest place of the prison that you could ever imagine. Here are these two men chained and shackled and bound in the middle of a prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They had two choices. They could get bitter or they could get better. Come on. They could turn, uh, amen, uh, they could turn in the wrong direction and they could allow them cer- their circumstances to destroy their faith uh, in their God. They could allow, uh, amen, the situation that were, they were in to bring them into depression, amen, to bring them into areas of their life, amen, where God did not want them to be, amen. But instead, you know what Paul and Silas did? About midnight, the Bible says, in the middle of the night, Paul and Silas started, well, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. He's my friend. Somebody started kicking off a little bit of harmony in the background. Uh, amen. Somebody started singing Amazing Grace. Uh, amen. Somebody started singing What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Uh, amen. Somebody started praising God uh, and lifting up His name uh, in the middle of a prison. They started giving glory to God in the middle of the problem because they knew there was a promise that was on the other side. They knew the God that brought them to where they were now was the same God that could bring them out. They knew that they served the same God uh, that brought Shadrach, uh, Meshach, uh, and Abednego out of a fiery furnace and he could bring them out of a prison if he needed to do it. Come on. Amen. He said, you know what? Let's start lifting up some praise and some glory and some honor for Jesus and who He is in the middle of my problem. They gave glory to God before the answer ever came. You know what God did? He did the miraculous. The Bible says an earthquake took place. I mean, no, that was not a coincidence. That was God. It shook the prison. It shook the prison so hard that every single one of the doors busted up. Has anybody ever seen the doors of a prison just fly open? I haven't seen it happen. Maybe it has. I mean, I haven't seen it. I've heard it happen. This place shook so violently. The doors were opened. And the shackles that were on their hands, this is some Houdini stuff here, Amen. just fell off. Come on, somebody. You don't seem impressed. (laughs) Hey, man, they just fell off. The whole place is shaking, and they're going, Woo, glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. They weren't worried about whether the building was going to fall down. Hey, man, they're looking around going, Hey, hey, man, God has set us free. Let me tell you something. You start letting the praises of God go up, amen, to the heavens. And the power of God, amen, can come down in your life. And He can set you free from the shackles of sin, amen, and things that are holding you back this morning. They gave glory to God because they had faith in their God. Because they were fully persuaded that God was going to bring them out of that place. 
This morning we need to be fully persuaded. Not stagger at the promises of God. Be strong in our faith. Give glory to God even before the answer comes. Be fully persuaded that God is working on our behalf, working everything out for our good and his glory. Amen. I talked to a brother yesterday, Romans 8 and 28. I know that all things work together for good for those who are Amen. The called. Amen. Those that are in, in God, in Christ Jesus. Amen. He is working everything out for our good and for his glory if we'll just have faith and trust in him. Number three, Abraham doubted not. I'm glad I didn't wear that coat this morning. Can I take a break? Mm. Hallelujah. Deer Park waters never tasted so good. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Praise God. Abraham doubted not, number three. Abraham did not doubt but was fully persuaded that God would follow through on his promises. Look back at verse 21. Being fully persuaded that what he promised, what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Amen. Abraham did not doubt. He doubted not. Abraham was not partially convinced. He was fully persuaded. He was fully persuaded that if God promised it, he was going to perform it. You remember, amen, we got to take this thing full circle for a second. Amen. Because here's Abraham in this story that we're talking about here today, before the promise came. And he still trusted and he believed in God that he was going to be able to do it, even though he was 100 years old, even though Sarah was past the point of childbearing. It seemed impossible. Well, with God, all things are possible. And he believed that God was going to be able to do it. And so God does it. He does the miraculous. Amen. Sarah conceives and she gives birth to a, a son and they call him Isaac. The son of promise. The son that uh, the descendant, the seed of the Messiah is going to come through. Abraham knows this. He says your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in heaven or as the sand in, on the seashore. And Abraham knows it's through this one individual, this one son, the promise that God had given him that the answer was coming through. And when Isaac had gotten a little older, a young man, I remember exactly how old he, maybe he was an early teenager, maybe he wasn't quite a teenager yet, somewhere in that, in that neighborhood. God speaks to Abraham one day and he says, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, and I want you to take him to a mountain that I'm going to show you. And I want you to sacrifice him there to me on that mountain. Could you imagine the lump in the throat of a father who said, but God, this is the son of promise. He's still so young. There can't, this cannot be. Can you imagine the, the, the heartbreak and the despair of a mother who had to watch as her husband loaded up the animal and the firewood and the knife and everything that they needed to perform the sacrifice and head off to Mount Moriah. Knowing that God had told this man to sacrifice their only son Isaac. Abraham got to the foot of the mountain. God said, this is the place. As they begin to walk up, Isaac looks over at his dad and says, Dad, I see the wood for the fire. You got your knife. and We have everything that we need 
for the sacrifice except the sacrifice itself. And Abraham looks over his son in faith and says, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. You see, Abraham still said, hey man, this thing isn't over yet. I mean, God can still provide something. They walk up to the top of that hill. They make the altar. They lay out the wood. They get everything, amen, prepared. And Abraham knows what he must do. He takes his son. He lays him on the wood. I'm sure he had to bind him. He takes the knife to sacrifice his son, and he raises it to heaven. I'm sure he looked up to God. I'm sure he prayed in that moment. The Bible says in that moment, Abraham made a decision. See, he could have said, no, God, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to go through with this, God. But Abraham made a different decision because the Bible says over the New Testament that Abraham knew something in the back of his mind, in, the, in his heart. He knew something was true. That even if he went through with the act of sacrificing his son on that mountain that day, that God was able to raise him back up from the dead and still fulfill the promise that God had promised to Abraham so many years ago. And so as he stands there with a knife in his hand, amen, he could have said, no, God, I reject your plan. I reject your promise. I reject what you're telling me to do, but he didn't do it. He followed through, and as he just about to go through with the act, God said, er, hold up just a minute. He looks over, amen, to the other side, uh, amen, there of the mountain, and there is a ram caught in the thicket, uh, amen, that God says, now that uh, is the sacrifice that I want you to make. I never intended for you, amen, to sacrifice Isaac. Uh, I just wanted to know where your heart was at with me. Uh, I wanted to know, amen, that you were fully persuaded that I am God and that I can accomplish what I want to accomplish in your life. Is anybody here this morning hearing what I'm saying? Uh, amen. He doesn't need us, uh, amen, to do, uh, amen, some of those things, amen, and longer. He's given us, uh, amen, a greater ram caught in the thicket, uh, amen, called Jesus Christ. Uh, and it is by His blood, amen, this morning that we're forgiven and redeemed and set free. And it is by His blood that we have some precious, precious promises this morning. Can I run some of those by you? Amen. Amen. Here's some of the promises in God's Word. Now, I want you to listen to these because I guarantee you there's some, there's some people in here this morning that need to grab a hold of a couple of these promises this morning. Number one, God's Word gives us promises of strength. Anybody need some strength? Anybody get weak? Anybody get weary? spiritually tired, amen, to just feel like, amen, it's just, uh, amen, you need God in your life, amen, listen to this, Isaiah 41 and 10, fear thou not, for God says, I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, yes, I will help thee, yes, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. If you need some strength this morning, amen, in your innermost being, in that inner man today, amen, he is a God of strength, and there's a promise you can hold on to this morning. There's promises of peace. Anybody got some turmoil going on in your life? 
going on in your family, amen, going on in your, on your job, amen, listen to this, John 16, 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me, Jesus says, you might have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I've already overcome the world. <laughs> Amen. What a promise this morning. If you need peace this morning, uh, he is the Prince of Peace. Uh, Amen. There's promises of rest. Uh, Amen. This morning, Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. See, God's got promises of good plans for your life. Amen. I want to pick on y'all this morning. Chris and Sandra, you want to know how to, how to set up your life and how to set up your marriage, amen, for success? I mean, you want to know, amen, how to, amen, make sure, amen, that, uh, amen, you've got your household lined up the way God wants it to be, amen, trust in Him and His promises. And here's one that you can hold on to, amen, this morning, Jeremiah 29 11. Y'all know it. For I know the thoughts, God says, that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. See, God's got some things, some good things. He's working everything out for our good and His glory. Amen. Everything today, amen, is working out according to God's plan in our life. Amen. But we, amen, I want you to notice some things because we're about to get in some more. Amen. This morning, I want you to understand as we read some of these promises, there's some conditions that need to be met. Amen. I want you to pay attention to those this morning. There's promises of His presence being with us. Joshua 1 and 9 says, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Come on. God is with you when you go to Tuscaloosa. Amen. God's with you if you go to Auburn. Come on, somebody. You can shout amen to that one. It's all right. God's with you if you go to Mobile. God's with you when you come to church. God's with you when you go to work. Amen. God is with you wherever, amen, that you go, amen, today. Amen. There's promises of healing in the Word of God. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Come on. Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon us. And by his stripes we are healed. Body, soul, spirit. Healed this morning. There's promises of deliverance. Exodus 14, 14 says, The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace in other words just stand still and see the salvation of the lord see the glory of god amen begin to come down anybody fighting some battles uh, amen in your life amen some things going on in the spiritual realm amen some things happening the bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood uh, amen but we wrestle against principalities powers the rulers of the darkness of this world spiritual wickedness in heavenly places uh, amen but god has promised us deliverance in his word uh, and he has said i will fight for you Come on, that's the promise. I mean, let me tell you, you can pick anybody else to be on your team if you want to, but I'm going to pick God because he ain't never lost. Amen, I watched a, a fella, amen, last night or early this morning, I can't remember, come up on my news feed, there was this guy in a boxing match, amen, and he was all confident at the beginning. 
He, hey man, y'all forgive me for saying this, but I'm just going to say he was doing the MC. He was doing MC Hammer before the match ever started. He was doing the dance and twisting around and doing showing off. Hey man, big bad and whatever. About 20 seconds into that boxing match, he got knocked slam out by the other guy. I don't care. You can dance and you can, amen, do all that. You can MC Hammer and say, can't touch this devil all you want to do. Amen. But let me tell you something. I'm going to get the one on my side. Amen. The one who died on the cross. The one that said, amen, I am king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. Because he ain't never lost a battle. Praise God. I don't know where that came from. Let's move on. Promises of good things. Amen. We've already talked about it. I got ahead of myself. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. There are promises of protection in the Word of God. You got, some, you got the enemy coming after you and your family. Amen. Got some things that are happening. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're wrestling against spiritual things that are going on. This is what the Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now that's a big promise right there. Come on, guys. No weapon that the enemy forms against us can prosper against the child of God. Amen. Because it is not by our righteousness, but it's by his righteousness. Amen. That is in our lives today. Amen. And he says this, uh, go ahead and let them talk. Go ahead and let them say what they want to say. Go ahead. Amen. Let them gossip. Uh, let them backbite. Let them do everything that they want to do. Amen. Because here's the thing. Amen. One day, uh, amen, you're going to condemn, uh, amen, the very things that they're saying because they're not true and I'm not going to allow it to, amen, to influence your life come on somebody no weapon there's promises of forgiveness first john 1 and 9 says if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness there's promises of power over the enemy we talked about this one several weeks ago james 4 and 7 submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and he'll flee from you submit to god resist the devil the devil flees that's a that's a promise y'all that's not a maybe. It's not a might. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Amen this morning. Promises of revival and restoration. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. There's promises of blessings. Malachi 3 and 10, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Y'all missed a good opportunity to shout right there. Come on. Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. Condemn not lest you be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Amen. Shall the Lord, amen, give unto your bosom. Amen. In other words, uh, and with the same measure that you meet, in other words, in the same measure that you give, with all it shall be measured back to you again. Now, it don't always come back in financial blessings. In fact, I'd rather it not. Come on. I'd rather it come back in spiritual blessings because that's what I'm concerned about this morning. I'm trying to get to heaven. Amen. I'm trying to live right. 
Amen. I'm trying to, amen, have, uh, amen, the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. And when somebody walks up here in the middle of a church service, uh, amen, in the middle of an altar call that is sick, uh, amen, there's enough of the power of God in our lives to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Amen. I want enough for the power of God in us. Uh, amen. That when somebody walks through those doors uh, that has ill intent against this church, uh, that is full of a demon, uh, amen, and a devil of hell, that we got enough power of God, amen, to say, uh, amen, go in the name of Jesus, resist the devil, amen, submit to God, and the devil's got to go, amen, to cast them out of those people. I want enough power in my life, uh, amen, to know that there is a demonstration of the Spirit and power that Paul talks about in his ministry. Amen. I ain't playing around this morning. Amen. I'm serious about my relationship with God. Amen. And I want something down in my life. Amen. God, uh, amen, uh, as I give my tithes and I give my offerings to you, uh, amen, I want you to take that and use it, uh, amen, for the, uh, for the benefit of your kingdom and your glory. Uh, amen. To build, amen, this church uh, and the ministry that you want here. Uh, God, take my resources, God, and use them for your glory. And God, what I want to see, God, is I want to see lives changed. I don't even want to see it come back to me. Come on, somebody. I want to see souls in this altar, amen, repenting of their sins and turning their lives over to Jesus Christ. I want to see some people come and lay down some addictions, uh, amen, that are in their lives, amen, and bring them to the feet of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want some people that walk in, uh, amen, one way and turn around and walk out uh, a better way uh, because of who he is. He said, bring your tithes into the storehouse. Bring the resources to the kingdom of God and watch me work. Hallelujah. There's promises of our needs being met. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We serve a rich God. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He owns the cattle on them hills. He owns the hills and he owns the taters under them hills. He owns it all. Amen. If there's oil under oil, if there's oil, amen, <laughs> under that hill, he owns it too. If there's any gold or any coal, well, if there's any resources under that, God owns every bit of it. And if he needs to move heaven to bring you something that you need, God will do it. Amen. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So sometimes we think we need things we don't really need. We think we need things that we really just want. <laughs> Come on, it's all right. We've all done it. Hey amen. But God said, I, I may not supply all your wants. He gives us a lot of our wants too. Come on, somebody say amen to that. <laughs> amen. But he, also, he will always supply our need. Sometimes our need is not what we think it is. Sometimes our need... Amen, it's spiritual application. Amen, spiritual maturity, spiritual things in our lives. Amen, that we may not be looking for, but God knows that's exactly what we need. We have the promises of our prayer being answered. I'm almost done. Therefore I say unto you, Matthew eleven twenty four, 24, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Anybody catch that? I'm going to read it real slow. Therefore I say, no, I'm not going to read that slow. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you've already received them. Be fully persuaded that God, amen, is going to answer according to his promises. And you shall have them. 
plain but powerful. All we got to do is be fully persuaded this morning in the God of heaven. The Bible says, amen, you cannot please God without faith. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 9 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. There's promises of escaping the corruption that's coming. 2 Peter 1 and 4. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we're going to have the promise, those of us that are in Christ Jesus, of escaping the corruption of sin and the things that, uh, the wages of sin we know is death and that place called hell that those are going to one day that don't receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. The Bible gives us a promise of everlasting life. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And finally, this morning, there's a promise of a home in heaven. Some of Jesus' final words to his disciples on earth. He said this, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare that place, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He said, the way you know and place I'm going you know and his disciples said father uh, Jesus we how can we understand this how can we know what is the way Jesus said in verse number six in chapter 14 of John I am the way I am the truth I am the life no man cometh unto the father but by me that's a promise it's also a condition there's only one way to, be, to, be, to make it to heaven. There's only one way to, to get to the Father. There's only one way to be forgiven of our sins. There's only one way to stand before God one day and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many things. There's only one way. And that's Jesus. Amen. All those promises that we just read this morning. You know what the key to every one of those, unlocking every one of those promises is? Jesus. A relationship with Him. And if you have that this morning, can I tell you? Amen. Faith will begin to rise up. You won't have to. Faith will begin to rise up. When you start truly believing and understanding who Christ is and what He's done and what He's accomplished for us, and you start believing like Abraham did, that he was fully persuaded that God was able to answer. I mean, to the point where he was ready to take his own son's life to obey God. That's, full, that's being fully persuaded, ladies and gentlemen. When we get to the point where we're ready to lay some of our Isaacs down, we're to the point where we really are ready to get serious with Jesus. That's when he knows we've been fully persuaded that he's God. Amen. And when you do, I can tell you, 
You can lay hold of every single one of those promises this morning and more. We could have read for days. Some have said there's 4,000. Some say there's 5,000. Some say there's 7,000. Some say there's 8,000 promises in the Word of God. I hadn't taken time to count them, but I just know there's a bunch. And there's one for every single need that you have. I don't care what it is. I tried to cover a lot of bases this morning, but there are so many this morning. And you may have some in your mind this morning. And you may be facing some things in your life today. And you say, you know what? I could use some of the promises of God in my life right now. Amen. If that's you this morning, amen, this message this morning is for you. I want you to stand to your feet this morning if you're able to stand. I don't know if I kept my word on time or not, but amen. God said we're done. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. Nobody looking around, nobody moving around if you can help it. I'm not going to belabor this altar call very long this morning. I'm just going to simply ask you one simple question. Amen. I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't call you out. I won't make you do anything you don't want to do. Nobody looking around. I just want you to be honest with God. Honest with yourself and honest with me this morning. If you're here and you say, Brother Tony, something in this message this morning touched my heart. There is a promise that we talked about this morning that I need from God today. I don't care if it's salvation. I don't care if it's healing. I don't care if it's deliverance. I don't care if it's protection. I don't care if it's uh, more power, if it's more anointing. I don't care what it is this morning. If you need something from God, would you just lift your hand up let me know? Put it right back down. Hallelujah. Hands went up all over the house. So you're not alone this morning. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. If you need something from God this morning, you raised your hand and said, God, I need to take hold of one of them promises this morning. Will you do me, amen, a favor this morning? Will you do yourself a favor this morning? Amen. I want to open it up to you. The altars are open this morning. If you raised your hand and you want something from God, amen, would you come to the altar this morning? Amen, would you come and seek him? Amen, if you want special prayer and you want us to anoint you with oil, lay hands on you, amen, we'll do that as also, uh, we'll do that also this morning as well. Amen, but I just want you, I just want to know, amen, is, would you be willing to step out from where you're at? Just come down to an old-fashioned altar, amen, and pour your heart out to God this morning.